What is going on, everybody? We are back. Uh, we just got introduced to, uh, well, I was able to introduce you to Robert Shepard, who's a phenomenal journey. Make sure you check out his book, uh, Delay is Not Denial. We're still here at the FFX Theater. Now I'm with my man, Darnell Phillips. What's going on, man? Thank hey, you bro. so much for being here. I love Sir, my pleasure, my pleasure. Uh, anytime I get an opportunity, I'm bringing Darnell Phillips with me because of the just the, the, the testimony, the story that that is behind uh, you. I want you to start this off because I think the people that, that see this are going to be so, uh, it, you know, shocked by just the, the, the level of faith that you actually have because you know you you we, we read our bible stories like oh man i yes, want sir. the faith of this person in the bible i want the faith of this person but then when it comes down to going through it you're like nah let's just keep that in the book but you actually lived uh scripture so tell us what happened to you uh what changed your life in what you went through like, like what happened well i like to uh Introduce myself as uh, formerly known as the inmate 192260 or 1057-529. Uh, that is my past story. My present story is uh, living to come out of that, that crucible, that, that place that uh, was supposed to crush me. At the 18 years old, while pursuing you know, my life ventures, right, trying to get into the music industry, I was accosted by some police officers in Virginia Beach uh, about a rape and abduction of a young lady that had taken place. Howbeit, though having 10 or 11 witnesses as to where my whereabouts was, uh, that still didn't matter because two days later after police questioned me, I was sent, brought into Virginia Beach City Jail, and just staying there 18 years old, uh, not having known the Lord, but the Lord was started talking to me and he started talking to me about the work of the ministry. Now, understand, even though I had went to church uh, in a faith filled family, yet myself, I wasn't uh, released from being spiritually blind. I hadn't received Christ yet, but the Lord started talking to me about ministry. So. I really didn't understand what was going on. So right, maybe about five months after I was in the jail, uh, I realized, you know, what I was facing, I was facing three lives in 30 years. I got out on bond thinking that my life would be normal again, right? But at 19 years and six months, I was before Virginia Beach judge. Um, thinking that I would walk out that day because I knew I was innocent. My, my witnesses and alibis knew I was innocent, but the judge began to announce a 107 year sentence over my life at that age, that tender age, everything seemed like it flashed before me that, well, okay, what's going to happen to me? Because I, I got a lot of dreams inside of me. But while the judge was announcing his sentence, the Lord started announcing his destiny over my life. He started telling me, don't worry, you'll be OK. I'm going to deliver you in an audible voice. And so they took me to the back of the courtroom. Everybody was screaming, you know, the victim's family, my family. And everybody thought one of my family thought the, of the injustice. The victim family thinking, OK, we we wonder some justice. But. The only thing I could think about was that voice that I had heard that was booming, that was blocking out the judge's voice. They took me to the back. And when I was in the back, they, in the holding cell, 
the door was wide open. The police, saw, I, I never understand to this day, but I realized it was a sign from God. The back of the gate was open. Uh, the back door was open. And so the sunlight was coming in right after 107 year sentence. And so they left me back. I didn't have any handcuffs on or anything. And so the word that God spoke of me, don't worry, you're going to be okay. I didn't realize how deep that thing would go. I shut that door myself and I just, I sat back and waited. Somebody said, well, you should have ran, <laughs> but if, if you'd have known that you would be going through what you went through. And so as I left out of the jail, I made a vow to God because I was about to go to Virginia state penitentiary. I made a vow to God that regardless of how long this took, I'm going to serve you. Mm-hmm. I did not know that that would be my mission field. As I told you before, God started talking to me about ministry. And so when I got into the prison, uh, before I even touched ground with the rest of the inmates, the person who worked in the laundry came to me. He said, he said, are you a preacher? And I was like, well, I, I guess I am, you know, because I said God had spoke to me before about the ministry. And so right when I went in there, God began to open up doors and I just started ministering to guys. I had read a little bit of the Bible, but with what I knew, I started ministering to guys. And as I ministered to guys, that in turn started a transformation process in me, right? Uh, it, it started that I started to develop a mindset, things that I really hadn't read. Like I told you, I hadn't really read the Bible, but the Lord started talking to me about my identity in Christ. Hallelujah, we just say the non-believer They out here selling their soul to the devil to get to the riches He been knowing how to cheat us, they don't know who to trust They can hear his voice, but they don't know that it's Jesus Can't ride out with anybody, I need real soldiers I know some of y'all freeze up I go above and beyond in my call of duty, I'm an overachiever I jump in the spirit, see me get the wave in my arms like an open receiver My only fear is God, that's my whole job So I know who's controlling me, I keep his commands 
They be finessing the word, trying to make it fit who they be. They fumble the bag and envy how I'm getting it. I'm in their head living rent free. I tell them God did it. It ain't complicated, but you know how them symptoms be. So I keep their cannon open on the dresser, cause the old testaments resonate. I beat the statistics, all I do is win, so you can put them V's in my resume. Victory, high kick, low kick. Stay switching up like I'm low kick. Trust on trust who don't know me. They don't know the half of my story. Only my God get the glory. Only my God get the glory. Only He know what is for me. So only my God get the glory. Uh, he started to talk to me about walking in dominion and enforcing the victory while you're in these 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 rough waters. And so I begin to start, you know, picking up books and finding books talking about uh, who I was in Christ. And but the funny thing about it was the Lord started already talk to me about it. So they were confirmations. I didn't know anything about confirmation. So I begin to read those things. And after a while. The Lord had introduced me to this preacher was wrongfully convicted. This man served as a, a, a disciple for me. He started talking to me and filling in blanks of things that I didn't know. Uh, after a while, I started ministering in the prison. And as I started ministering, I started getting Bible study class and they started expanding and growing. And at this whole time, like I said, I had 107 years. But the grace of God and the, the Zoe life of Christ in me was so strong. All I could think about is. Okay, I know God called me to the ministry. Let me develop myself to a degree that uh, I will walk out of here. And when I walk out of here, I'll be able to go straight into my assignment because the Lord starts speaking to me. He said, do this. He said, meditate on the word and meditate about what you would be doing if you weren't in here. Start doing that. And so as I started doing that, uh, I started getting, you know, some people may not believe I started getting angelic visitations. I started, I mean, just giving me messages of what to do. Uh, the Holy Spirit started anointing me and showing me and highlighting things in other people's lives. He had dealt a work in me to a degree that I was able to speak into other people's lives and begin to see people get released from prison. Yeah, and you know, the, the thing for me, mm -hmm. is, first of all, you guys got I can hear this a million times and it just it's more and more amazing because one you know when you think about what prison is mm -hmm. it, it, you know um, you don't really know what you're missing on the outside until it's taken away from you on the inside yes, so there's a level of hopelessness that that hangs out there mm -hmm. you know that hangs out there but I can only imagine People like you being there, literally being a light in a, a place where people have given up, you know, because I know there's stuff that goes on in prison mm -hmm. where it's like your family stops calling, friends disappear, and you literally feel like you're by yourself, your own. So you're, the people you're in prison with becomes family or it becomes community. Mm -hmm. and And so having someone like you being an inspiration in a place like that. It, it brings such a, 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 a richness to where where the Bible says God will, Jesus will leave mm -hmm. the ninety nine for the one, mm -hmm. yeah. Because a lot of those ones are in that place. Yes, and you were there, uh, even though you didn't do the crime. You were there, and you had the ability to keep your faith. How were you able to, do you think, do you think if you knew more about the Bible, 
you you would have struggled more with keeping your faith or do you think that because you were learning it while you were in the situation it helped you maintain i would say the latter while i was learning it it helped maintain me because the more i got into the book and the more the activity of the holy spirit began to grow gotcha. in me and christ formed in me my mind began to see that it's about destiny it's about you doing what you were sent to the earth to do and at that time i realized that the grace of god was helping me process my thoughts while some people even family members and lawyers and everyone who knew of my innocence it was hard for them to process that well this guy now he's 20 he's 25 he's growing older and incarceration and he's not able to come out here like say you know get married and have a baby at this time he's still facing a lot of time one thing that they didn't realize they knew something was different about me when they came and visit but they did not know the depths of way the lord was talking to me about right i got so excited about about jesus and about the things of god that it overshadowed the prison system it, it really did I'm, I'm telling you that the lord didn't let me feel what I, a person would normally feel and i've been through everything i've been through riots i mean of course i had to taste the horrible food of course i seen stabbings i seen deaths i seen everything that came with the prison life but i also realized this that the, the love of christ started developing in me to a degree that it's like the lord was showing me look i love them enough to develop you in here to teach them and he let me know look i'm going to make it up yeah. to you and so I would say that as I grew in Christ, that place got smaller. Hello, everybody. My name is Portia Bryan, and I am an author. I am your, uh, your life coach, Destiny Fulfillment. I do a whole lot of things to empower the soul of man, the mind, the will, and emotions. What I need to do to support the whole soul of a person, that's who I was sent here on earth to be. And so I am, I'm excited to be able to take that further in my newest authorship, What Would Jesus Do? What Would Jesus Do features nine different chapters. The chapters explore the nine fruit of the Spirit. And Jesus is featured because taking it from the Gospels, I give a first-person narrative on how Jesus was able to accomplish love how jesus did joy how jesus did patience how jesus did peace in the midst of people who are difficult sometimes we will come in contact with people who are a little bit difficult and they test us and then we we fall into these um these things in our culture that says okay well try jesus not me but jesus will help you through through this book jesus will coach you through what how you can accomplish love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control even in the midst of dealing with imperfect people so i would love for you to take a moment to to check out amazon what would jesus do by portia bryant as well as my website portiabryant.com i am a coach and and i help people to um, go to their next level by relating differently with emotions that's my favorite part about going back to the book. The book helps you to do life the best way, even in the face of emotions. So even, just, just a, a, a quick testimony, I too struggled with the emotion of anger. I too struggled with anxiety. 
And I didn't know what I was doing wrong because I've been saved my whole life. But eventually, life kind of caught up with me. And there was a couple of disappointments and what I feel is those was setbacks along the way. And I felt like God kind of left me hanging. And so being that I'm a, I'm a faithful believer, a dedicated um, worker in, in, the, in the ministry, I felt like I, I didn't deserve it. So I was in a place where I, I, I just needed God to deliver me from me because I fell into depression. In the midst of ministry, I was depressed. And sometimes there are people who have a, a smile on their face, face, but inside they are, they are crumbling. And that was me. But I had to learn how to relate differently with my emotions and learn how to submit to God and not the emotion telling me what to do and how to think and how to act. But I had to put that on the altar. I didn't realize that my emotions had become my gods. I didn't even realize that was a thing. Or I always judge people in the Bible like, how are they um, creating golden calves and, and worshiping idols? That's, that's ridiculous. But I realized that we can turn anything into an idol that we put before God. So I had to learn how to relate differently with my emotions, learn how to... Uh, allow them to come under the subjection of the Holy Spirit in my life and put God first and not the emotion. And so that helped me to relate better with that. Navigating back to the book. The book helps you to, to be able to know what to do when, how to do it, and then hold you accountable by, accountable by asking you the question, how, were you, how did that work for you? How, how were you able to carry out the assignment that Christ just gave you on how to practice gentleness? How were you able to carry out that assignment on how Christ just gave you about how to carry out uh, love? And so I want you to be able to experience that, um, experience that whole process by tapping into what would Jesus do? thing is is that while you're doing this all right so this while you're being positive you're learning you're, you're and i get that mm -hmm. but there's other people who are trying to tell you I, i'm just mm -hmm. what's funny is when i found out this story immediately i thought of this scenario and i wanted to present it mm -hmm. to you uh even years ago but i could only imagine because whenever i put out an idea mm -hmm. My usually my haters show up first. You know what I mean, usually, I, you know that's why that's one of the reasons why I'm always crazy on Facebook. Just the annoying people, and most of them are Christians. <laughs> but but just the amount of the haters and all that, they, they usually show up first. So like, you can't do this because of that. You can't do this because of this. I can only imagine you you believing uh, that you're going to get released because mm -hmm. you were you, that you're going to get proven innocent in a world where so many people know once you come in, you're in. How did you handle the negative people that said things like, you're not getting out of here? That started in the beginning. I remember God's spirit and knowing was in me so strong that I was about to walk out of prison, that I was leaving out. Uh, later on, I found out that, look, okay, God lives in eternity. So whatever time you're going to do, it doesn't yeah. seem like a lot, right? You know, our time's in his hand. But I realized that in the beginning, People saw me on the news, and so they knew, okay, this guy, 19, he has 107 years in prison. So 
I'm like, I'm at this table studying the Bible. Guys like, man, you need to be studying those law books. They didn't know that while I was studying law before I was a proficient student while in the jail because I had attorneys, but I studied the law. And so they don't realize one day the Lord just uh, just talked spoke to me. And when he spoke to me, I just dropped the paper. I said, you know what? That's not trusting God. I need to trust God because if not, I'm going to waste resources. My family going to waste resources. And so guys would doubt and say, man, you need to call this place. You get your family called this place, do this research, send out to this group. It wasn't that I was fighting against them. I understood what I was naturally facing because they would slide a paper under the door every year annually and tell you, Okay, this is how much time you have to do. And if you're good, you're a good boy, you're behaving, you'll be out maybe a couple of years shorter. But mine said 2048. So regardless, this was 1992. So regardless of what, that time still said what it said. But God would always tell me through many witnesses, look, you're going to walk out of here. And so anytime I would want to get discouraged, I realized, and anytime people spoke, man, you got a lot of time, man. What are you going to do, man? Man, you can get high, you can get drunk, you can do, you can indulge in whatever. In prison. Yeah, you can, because you, you can do those things. Those things are available. They are accessible in prison. But I made a vow, and I said I was going to live a consecrated life before the Lord. I, I meant that. I mean, it sounded strange. You got a young dude talking about walking holy, but you're in prison. <laughs> and you're, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Around, around criminals. But I realized that I had to set an example. I realized that. And the Holy Spirit let me know, you got to walk as an example to men. You got to have a living faith because there it's easy to find out if you're faking in, in what you believe. Because you may go on for a couple of years and after a while, you know, the struggles of life and behind the bars can get to you. It can eat at you. And if you got a false uh, belief or if you just got a jailhouse religion, that house is going to crumble. Because if it's not built on the rock, it's going to crumble. But it just so happened the Lord had built me up so much that I had experienced death from the outside. Because as you mentioned before, you think about it, you know, I had loved ones die. A lot of very close to me. A lot of friends, friends die. Uh, people begin to make their distance because after a while, people go on and live life. Right. But I realized that I had to uh, walk in the life that God gave me and the life he gave me was to do ministry while I was behind bars. And so I just let him give me the messages. And, but I'm, I'm going to say this to you, Duke, um, is God bringing to my mind. I didn't unpack my bags because I knew I wasn't going, I, I knew I wasn't going to stay even though it took years, but I knew I just wasn't going to, I wasn't going to stay there. It's like every day I expected every day. And this is for, I can go ahead and say 27 years. I expected to walk out of there because the hope of Christ was so alive in my spirit. Guys, you've got to understand that we're not talking about believing your record deal is going to break, believing you're going to be an actor, believing that you're going to get married and find your true love. We're talking about being locked up. You know, uh, with people with people of all walks of life, mm -hmm. you know, people who were criminals, people who were also accused of innocent, who were innocent. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're also talking about missing out on time. The one thing you don't get back. We're also talking about, you know, waiting on God. We're also we're talking about a lot of stuff right now. Uh, and, and so for this man to be able to trust God through this, I'm telling you, he is a testimony that strips away all of our excuses 
on doubt and why we doubt the Lord and why we are afraid of to move forward. This guy believed through. So I want everybody who watches this to keep that in mind. Uh, sometimes I get a little nutty on Facebook. <laughs> I know. I know it looks look weird. But, but, uh, but I get so passionate about the things of God. And I just had a friend the other day said, Duke, you know, when you get like that, you know, uh, besides your extracurricular activities and why you're crazy, you know, like, <laughs> they're like, they're like, Duke, you know, we, I can feel that you get passionate mm -hmm, mm -hmm. about the things of God, but sometimes I feel like you try to control how God responds. And I, I, I used to argue that point until I met you. Mm. When I met you, I was like, this is a guy that just actually waited for God to respond. Like you, you accepted there was nothing else you could do but believe. And... It, it, it always challenges me ever since you came into my life because now it's like, all right, what am I going to complain to Darnell Phillips about? What, what, <laughs> what, what, what if, if I start talking about, you know, my lack of patience to, to Darnell Phillips, the guy who, you know, it, it doesn't mm. even make sense. It's like, okay, dude, let me get myself together. Let me keep believing mm. because it is easy to give up. It is, and you had opportunity to just accept that you're going to be in there. You didn't. You didn't have to push, or you didn't have to participate. You didn't have to issue out any faith. You could have just said, "This is what it's going to be." I, I could have because uh, along. I, well, I've never really got into this telling a lot of people, but along with God's grace and you know just growing in the faith, there's also those demo that demonic warfare, right? And so the enemy would always, he would also try to tempt me to commit suicide. He would try and it wasn't something because he couldn't do it subtly. He did it very aggressively. Right. And I didn't know what was going on because for like three years, I remember the Lord, I, the Lord had me going through a time of fasting and I, I had fasted like I might eat one meal every three days. I did it for a couple of years. Right. And that's when the Lord was really, it's like he was about to. Uh, I knew that anytime I went through a, a testing or a trial, it was something the Lord was trying to fortify some things and burn off something. And so I went through that period. But that period I went through, the enemy will always try to get me to commit suicide. It was a heavy, a heaviness in me. It's a heaviness on, on top of me. But the Lord would always tell me every morning, man, go and meditate. Go and meditate in the word. Right. And I would meditate in that word. And, you know, it, it, I would even cry in the shower because it, it was it was painful. Because I had I had loved one that had died that was very close to me. Like one of the last ones had died. Uh, I kept getting paperwork that was saying, look, you're losing on all fronts in your case. They could not find DNA evidence. They couldn't find anything that would exonerate me. Let me walk out of there. And so I held to the word. That's all I had. That's that's why I know it's so it's so pertinent for us to get grounded in the, in, the, in that word, because that is all I had. Because the legal system had put me aside. Oh, yeah. I had got turned down for parole like three consecutive times. They weren't trying to hear it. They wanted me to admit guilt. And so the only thing God would tell me, the Lord would always let me know, look, uh, he, he gave me this revelation. You can refuse and be in faith. And what, what he was sharing with me is that I don't have to accept what they're saying. They kept trying to get me to say, look, if you ask that you're guilty, is a possibility we're going to let you out. The Lord gave me the insight about Moses, how that when he came of age, 
he refused to be uh, associated with, with be, being the son of Pharaoh's daughter. The right. Lord was saying, look, I'm going to carry you to the place that I have preordained for you. You're going to be free. You don't have to accept anything they're saying. It looked like I was in rebellion to the state. That's what that's what they right. took it as. But the Lord was letting me know that, look, stand strong because I'm going to vindicate you in this. See, is there a point that you felt betrayed by God? No, actually, I, I really didn't. I, I felt hurt. I felt hurt before. I felt hurt because, you know, I did 27 years. I'm seeing people that, you know, the Lord using me to prophesy to. I know they have life sentences, but I also know that some of them had some issues and there's a possibility they may. I, I don't know the whole situation. I just know the Lord was had me ministering to them. And I'm like, well, Lord, they may come back because they're really not serving you fully. But he would have me prophesy to him. I'm seeing them getting their release papers. And I'm like, wow, you know, but I'm, I'm realizing I'm going up for parole and getting turned down with three year deferrals and two year deferrals. But I'm watching these people he has me ministering to walk out. And there came a time I was like, Lord, well, what about me? You know, I felt like I felt that, like that. That's the part that, that, yeah. that, I'm, like, that, that I, I'm pretty sure that had to the, the, the balancing of your flesh and your spirit, mm -hmm. and what you're going to choose to believe that that's the part that had to mm -hmm. been extremely challenging. I, when we come back, we're going to hear from Donnell about uh, what it was like when he found out that he was being released. <laughs> 